Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Fiorana and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week... 54,000 people viewed our opening ceremony alone on social media. We have brought together 11 islands, 24 national federations and over 3,000 athletes. The revived Cook Islands Games proves a hit. Former Penrith Panthers second rower Tony Pulatua reminisces ahead of this weekend's NRL Grand Final. And Papua New Guinea's domestic rugby league season has a thrilling finish. But first, the revived Cook Islands Games will be back in 2022 after staging the biggest sporting event in the Pacific this year. The competition returned for the first time in five years as a way to bolster sporting competition in the country in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. President of the Cook Islands Sports and National Olympic Committee, Hugh Graham, says it proved the small island nation can compete at any level. We have seen some great sporting performances. We have seen national records broken. We have seen new stars emerging. Thank you for proving that we are a very good sports nation with a part to play on any international stage. The island of Malke topped the standings from Aitutaki and Mingaia, and team manager Akati Pureya admits their success was a bit of a surprise. Didn't even expect it. Um, it was quite a shock uh, considering uh, towards the, the last day of the, the comp that the uh, tally medals were actually uh, so close, so it was anyone's game. But, um, yeah, we're very proud and overwhelmed that uh, we came out on top of the game. And what does it mean to the island to win this? Because, obviously, this was the Cook Islands Games, first time in five years it's happened, uh, and with you know so much happening around the world, it was you know a, a rare opportunity, I guess, for a country like the Cook Islands that doesn't have COVID to, to celebrate within, to celebrate its own and, and develop young and, and new talents from on island. Uh, what, what did this whole experience mean to you guys? Um, it, it's quite a big deal. I mean, uh, everyone is so proud of the achievement that um, we have achieved for, uh, for this uh, Cook Island Games. Um, yesterday, we, we took our winning trophy back home onto the island of Moke, and now they are celebrating... Um, having the trophy there for a couple of days before we return it back to, to the mainland here on Raro. What is the population of Malke? Uh Population of Malke could be about maybe 300 or 400. And how many athletes did you have competing in the Games? Uh, most of the athletes we had for uh, Team Moke uh, all stay here in, uh, in Raro Tonga. Um, because of the uh, COVID and, and all, uh, we thought it was best that we get uh, the Mokins that were staying here on the mainland to represent uh, Moke. So altogether, we um, registered about 300 plus athletes for Team Moke to represent uh, Moke in the Cook Island Games. And, and that was part of it, wasn't it? As you've sort of touched on because of the restrictions, but like, uh, I guess if you're from Moke and you're living on Rarotonga or one of the other islands, it must be nice for them to be able to, 
you know, uh, tap into to their heritage, to where they come from, and, and be able to represent their island, even if they don't live there anymore. Yes, yes. Well, because um, one of the, um, the eligibility criteria that the Cook Island Sports had uh, indicated was that you must have uh, lineage or blood ties to the island. We were quite overwhelmed with the, the numbers that we received from everyone that came and, um, you know, a show of hands of who wanted to represent Samoga during this uh, Cook Island Games. And was there any particular highlight uh, for you in terms of, was there a sport that stood out or a competitor or, or just, you know, uh, an occasion? Most of the medals that we um, we collected were from the athletics code. So um, in the athletics, that's where most of our medals came from. Um, so there were 24 codes uh, all together, and um, it's unfortunate we couldn't uh, compete in three of the codes. Uh, due to bereavement, uh, we had um, one of our athletes that had to leave the country to uh, for bereavement uh, purposes. So apart from the three codes that we weren't represented in, we received uh, medals from uh, the other 21 codes that um, was inside the, the Cook Island Games. And of course, the other medal tally, there was the one that was for the trophy, but there was the overall tally, including juniors and masters. And I guess... That's you know that's indicative of what was it over three thousand athletes you know that's you know almost twenty odd percent of the the country's population and people young and old families competing alongside each other in this games it really was a whole sort of country effort a whole sort of group effort and you know everybody seems to have really sort of got involved and, and just had a great time that's right uh, it's so good to see some of the families you know the mum the dad the kids all coming together and representing uh, one island, or otherwise there were others that were representing um, different islands, which they all came from, and it was good to see all of that, and it actually brought out the um, the island pride we had within ourselves, and it really showed throughout the Games. And uh, I think the Cook Islands Games is going to end up being the biggest sporting event in the Pacific this year. Yes, yes, yes it is. Um, you know, considering what's happening with uh, with COVID, I take my hat off to um, uh, CISNOC, which is our Cook Island sports uh, um, body here, for uh, organising this uh, this successful uh, game, and it actually brought everyone together, you know, within the the Cook Islands, and just to show everyone that even though with this pandemic going on, we can still come together as one and have fun and enjoy each other's company. And, and so what next? Obviously, the Cook Islands Games have already been confirmed to return in 2022, so after being dormant for a bit, I think everyone obviously really enjoyed themselves, and uh, are people already thinking ahead and looking towards that, or are they just kind of relaxing after what's been a you know, a pretty busy couple of two, three, four sort of weeks? Well, I think after that, uh, the big announcement about the, the next game happening in 2022 Everyone's already all hyped up about um, starting to get ready now for for 2022, and that's really uh, a good spirit for for everyone. So everyone's still all hyped about the games, and everyone's keen to go back into training and you know building up their teams and ready for 2022. That's Akati Pudea, the team manager for the Cook Islands Games champions, Malke. Former Penrith Panthers second rower Tony Pulitua has high hopes his old team can snap a 17-year NRL Premiership drought. As one half of the famous Hair Bears, alongside Joe Nullivale, 
Pulatua was influential as the Panthers silenced the Sydney Roosters in the 2003 Grand Final. This year's minor premiers take on the Melbourne Storm in Sunday's title decider, and the former New Zealand and Samoa international Pulatua told Tale Anderson he sees some similarities between the current team and the premiership winning side in 2003. Even positional-wise, there's so many players that, that remind me of the type of players that we had in our side with everything that's been going on you know, with the 2020 side this year. You know, obviously, they've, they've done so much more than us in terms of you know, how many games they've won during the season. They're on a huge winning streak of, seven, of 17 games and um, you know, now they're in the grand final. So that's going to be the biggest challenge and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll have to see what happens on Sunday. Why do you think it's taken so long uh, for the Panthers to, to get into another grand final? It's the game. It's just the way the game is. When we won it in 2003, we thought, you know, it, it'll just keep happening for us year in, year out. And um, I suppose in a way we took that moment for granted, just thinking that it was just going to happen for us. We, we come close again in 2004, where we were in the preliminary final against Bulldogs. And we ended up losing that game. And then, you know, obviously the Bulldogs, on that year, and they won, you know, won the competition. But um, you know, it's just the way it is with the competition and with teams and uh, with the game. There's so many changes that happen, so many you know, players that leave, staff that leave, and without even realizing, you, you end up in the in the, like a rebuilding stage. Whereas, like, what happened to our team? It was so solid a couple of years ago. Where now we're in like a rebuilding stage. We've got so many youngsters coming through. We've signed so many different players. and um, You know, those are the challenges that you face. That, that in some ways did happen with the Panthers as well. With, um, you know, in 2002, the year prior, you guys came 12th in the season. So, you know, there, there was a yeah. flip where you were kind of at the end side and then you've you've come out and won the premiership. And what was that change? What How did you go from... You know, wooden spoon in 2001 to winning a premiership in 2003. I, I, I felt that our confidence was still the same in 2002. And I think 2002 was probably our biggest learning experience and, and biggest growing experience for, for us as a team and us as individual players. Uh, because we were, we were right in there with so many games where we were so close and we were, you know, just like minutes away or, or seconds away from winning games and we were just losing them right at the end of the game there. Like we just weren't able to finish it off. Um, you know, we, we sort of like took our foot off the pedal, if you know what I mean. And um, in, in certain games, um, I remember a game against uh, Bulldogs in 2002 where we had the game won. It was like the last, I don't know, 15 seconds of the game and then Willie Mason runs... Uh, takes a run down uh, the left side, uh, their left side, and um, ends up, you know, going through the line and popping into, I think it was Brace Nesta at the time, and he ran through and scored right on the hooter. And um, I just remember we were just like, how how did we lose that? And um, I, I felt 2002 was such a painful year for us because of you know the amount of close games we were losing. But I felt that we always had the same mindset. We always had the same mentality going into 2002 and going into 2003. 
where 2003, the difference was we started winning all those games that we were so close with, you know, in 2002. So I, I, I felt that that was the difference. You know, it, it was just a matter of us, you know, trying to lock in and trying to stay right in the game right until the end of the game. And we were getting the results in 2003. And then, you know, it was, it was crazy how once you start to string a few wins together, the confidence just grows and then um, you can do some amazing things like go on and winning the competition like we did in no three. So That must have been pretty incredible too, you know, just to make that comeback within that kind of two-year span. Was there anything that yeah. kind of stood out for you uh, in that game or that night? I just remember we there was, there was a quiet, like our team was so confident yeah it was like a quiet sort of confidence you know amongst our group the main thing that I remember was what was going on within our group you know we had something special going going on within our group and we didn't allow any sort of like outside outside noise or outside you know influences with the critics and, and the doubters and we didn't allow for that to get inside our, you know, our circle or in our team, you know, which was very important for us, you know, for that season. And we were able to just stay together and, and just continue to play for each other. And, and, and we were playing some really, really good footy at that time. And I, I felt that, you know, that confidence carried on into the grand final and we, we, there was a really calm sort of feeling uh, amongst ourselves, you know, in the grand final. And I remember, I remember it clearly. And then uh, the game happened. We 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 were quietly confident, like as I said, and um, you know that we could win the game. It was just a matter of us going out there and doing the job. My advice to you know teams now that go through the grand finals, especially you know Penrith, just soak up everything you can and um, enjoy the moment. Like enjoy the week, enjoy the game. They're hard to come by. You know they don't come by too often. You may never get this opportunity to do it again. That's former Penrith Panthers second rower Tony Pulitua. The planning for next year has already begun after a triumphant finish to Papua New Guinea's 2020 Digicel Cup domestic rugby league competition. The Hella Wigmen won the title for the second time after beating defending champs the Lay Snacks Tigers in Sunday's grand final in Port Moresby. The decider was played in front of a sold-out crowd of 13,000 at Sir John Guy's Stadium. And PNG National Rugby League competition manager Stanley Hondina admits after a campaign disrupted by COVID-19, it was a relief to make it to the finish line. Yeah, to be quite honest, you know, we knew that uh, amidst the pandemic, if we had determined and if we set the processes in place, uh, we could really get there, but uh, you know our confidence level was not as high as it is today after going through it. Uh, but we felt that we could go through it uh, when we started, and we were so happy that at least we reached the end to a result uh, that was uh, well above and beyond our expectation that we had uh, at the first place. Indeed, and a dramatic final with um, the Hello Wigmen winning their first title in six years, as I understand it. The last one they won was in 2014. And after six years, they've won again, beating the favourites, Lesnick's Tigers, uh, by a four-pointer. Uh, it was down to the wire, a close game, got everybody on their toes, really entertaining. 
building up to this one, like Wigman beat the Robal Gurriers last week with a field goal. So that 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 in itself put uh, you know the game to some level where it really drove the interest. And after yesterday's four-pointer win, it was a good final that we concluded. And I guess the most fitting and perhaps one of the more exciting aspects of the game, not just on the field, you were able to welcome a full stadium of supporters. Yeah, we started off with thirty uh, percent uh, towards the middle. We started going up five percent a week to thirty-five, forty. On the semi-finals, we went to 55 and 80 in the last semi to 100% this week. So it was a progressive uh, 5-10% increase on a week basis. Uh, but yes, it was uh, the time that we opened up to the full capacity. And it was sold out on a Friday uh, before the Sunday's game in Papua New Guinea. And what was the atmosphere like at Sir John Guy Stadium? I've been there for the Pacific oh. Games, and obviously it holds the Rugby League finals normally, but after what's been such a disjointed year and so much uncertainty, uh, to have a full crowd in there, the title on the line, it must have been a great afternoon. You can hear the cheering and the sounds and the noises. People that are not in the vicinity of the stadium, the way you could tell that something's happening there, where the people started screaming from the blow of the whistle all the way to the full-time. The excitement was there, a lot of fun, and I'm pretty sure people really enjoyed the game, walking on very safely, and we had no issues at all. You know, if we go all the way back to the start of July when the Digicel Cup was finally able to get underway, um, you know, here we are in October. Uh, has it has it been a long four months for you, or does it, does it has it flown by now that you've had rugby league back in the country? It has definitely been a four hard months for me. And my other team that we run the competition with all these uncertainties applied by the new normals and the new protocols that they put in place and making sure the game happens on one end but not compromising the, uh, you know, health standards and processes. Uh, you know, it was a challenge, but also in the midst of the challenge, it was interesting for us as it gave us that heads to stand tall and miss ourselves as to what we can really do uh, as a sport and as an organization rugby league uh, in Papua New Guinea, yeah. And what was the biggest learning curve for the year? Because as you say, you had to discover the new normal. Uh, Health and safety was paramount uh, uh, for for PNG citizens and and countries around the world were experiencing that. Was there anything that stood out for you? If if there's something that we could take on from this, uh, COVID it helped us to remain innovative and vigilant, think out of the box, think creative. It also helped us to work together as a team. And I commend all the 12 teams that partook in the competition. They were really compliant with the process. They helped us. We helped them. And it helped us to raise the standards uh, to the new normal. So uh, this is basically what we'll be doing going forward, 2021 season and onwards. Uh, I think that something that we take out from this is help us to work together as a team and to go through the storm, building confidence in ourselves, self-belief, and helping us to get through this. So that's something that we we really appreciate uh, that has given us uh, the opportunity to do so. Uh, by the pandemic. And so in terms of 2021, uh, when does the planning start for that? Because obviously this year there was great to have the Digicel Cup, but there was no women's competition locally. There were no uh, age-grade uh, competitions. So obviously with a bit more time to plan, you'd hope next year to, to have all of those uh, leagues back again, I would imagine. Correct. So there's, uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty around the pandemic and our decisions and our you know what we do will all be subject to those uh, calls made by the, you know, the health authorities and the pandemic controllers. So we still remain vigilant and open-minded, but 
back to your question, Rwanda, the planning started it start today after yesterday's grand final. Uh, because we have a season that starts in March or April next year, planning has already commenced and we are working towards how we can bring in the other the competition levels in the undergrades uh, as well as the women comp and others, like you said. That's PNG NRL competition manager Stanley Hondina. And that's the World in Sport for this week. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.